You're listening to L-Town Radio, the Livingston Library Podcast. There's practically no limit to what you can learn and see when you belong to the Livingston Library. From science and technology to craft and genealogy, our library is virtually an information galaxy. This library is yours and this library is mine. Welcome to the July 2021 episode of L-Town Radio, the Livingston Public Library podcast. I'm Joe. I'm one of the librarians in our Adult Services and Acquisitions Department, and I thank you kindly for tuning in, dear listener. Coming up, Katie will preview some of the most eagerly awaited books coming out this month. Hong Mei will talk about some of the many great posts you can read on the library's blog, and the crew will share what they're excited to read this summer. But first, I wanted to spotlight some of the more recent additions to the library's indie collection. For those who haven't heard this year, uh, Jessica, Katie, and I have been developing a collection of great books from small independent presses as well as self-published authors. Now, it used to be on a little shelf between the travel books and the graphic novels over by the fireplace, but over the past few weeks, it has grown so much Uh, It has since moved just a few steps away to the shelves at the end of the large print section, which, of course, is near the seating area by the circulation desk, which we're thrilled to say has been brought back thanks to the end of social distancing restrictions. Anyway, we currently have nearly 50 books in our indie collection and counting. Um, They're all on display in their new home. Some of the books are uh, even by authors from right here in Livingston. Uh, like the author Annette Choi. Annette graduated from Livingston High School in 2018 and then attended Brandeis University, where she wrote a book called A Wrongful Eye, How an Unjust System Incarcerates the Innocent. That book explores racial bias, unconscious bias, and misconduct in the American criminal justice system, as as well as the flaws in various investigative and forensic techniques. In fact, between 1989 and 2019, over 2,000 people were exonerated from false convictions. Um, Livingston's own mayor, Sean Klein, said of A Wrongful Eye, quote, At a time of increasing awareness of the country's historic struggle with racial injustice and mass incarceration, A Wrongful Eye deepens our understanding of past mistakes so we can work toward a more fair and just future, end quote. Not only is A Wrongful Eye an extremely relevant book for our time, it's also written with a fine balance of passion and scholarly research, and I'm happy to say it is currently part of our indie collection. Our collection also has a couple books by Lauren Svetvilas, who has taught preschool education here in Livingston for nearly 20 years, and he has shared some of his expertise in the books How to Make a Friend, A Manual for Friendship Social Skills During a Pandemic or Not, as well as Jackson in School with My Special Teachers. These books have a wealth of great information and advice for children and young adults, especially those with special educational needs, not to mention their parents, and we're very lucky to have them in our indie collection too. 
And one of our most recent additions to our collection is by David Klonsky, a Livingston resident who works for J.P. Morgan Chase and has over 25 years of experience investing in the stock market. And he has shared what he's learned in those 25 plus years in a book called Sixth Dimension Investing, an Investment Journey. Now, he can't promise you'll get rich just from reading his book, but you can get, quote, a straightforward evaluation of current and classical approaches to selecting common stocks designed to help the novice and experienced investor develop a framework for sustainable long-term financial success, end quote. So if you're looking for some guidance about investing your hard-earned money from someone who's had a fair share of success in that area and who, by his own admission, has also learned a number of valuable lessons from epic fails, blown chances, and dumb luck, come on over and find David Klonsky's Sixth Dimension Investing in our indie collection. Of course, there you can find dozens of other excellent reads by authors not just from Livingston, but from all over the country and even a few from around the world. Again, our indie collection can be found in our newly reopened seating area by the circulation desk next to the large print materials. Now, if you're curious to hear what books we have coming to our collection from the big publishers, you're in luck. Here's Katie, head of our adult services and acquisitions department, to tell us about some of July's most anticipated upcoming reads. Katie? We're officially in summer, which means lots of great beach reads, thrillers, and steamy romances. Check out the following books at www.livingstonlibrary.org or via Overdrive and Libby. First on the list is Silver Tears by Camilla Lackberg, a mystery on July 7th. A spine-tingling novel of revenge, betrayal, and sisterhood from the internationally celebrated author of The Golden Cage. The Stranger in the Mirror by Liv Constantine is a thriller on July 7th. A diabolically twisty, psychologically unsettling novel about a woman with no recollection of her past from the author of the Reese Witherspoon book club pick, The Last Mrs. Parrish and the Wife Stalker. Such a Quiet Place by Megan Miranda is a thriller out on July 13th. From the New York Times bestselling author of The Last House Guest, a new riveting suspense novel about a mysterious murder in an idyllic and close-knit neighborhood. While We Were Dating by Jasmine Guillory, a romance on July 13th. Two people realize that it's no longer an act when they veer off script in this sizzling romantic comedy. Next up is The Cellist by Daniel Silva, espionage on July 13th. Master of international intrigue, Daniel Silva follows up his acclaimed number one New York Times bestsellers, The Order, The New Girl, and The Other Woman, with this riveting, action-packed tale of espionage and suspense featuring art restorer and spy, Gabrielle Alon. The Therapist by B.A. Paris is a thriller on July 13th. Best-selling author B.A. Paris returns to her heartland of gripping psychological suspense in The Therapist, a powerful tale of a house that holds a shocking secret. El Chapo, the untold story of the world's most infamous drug lord by Noah Horowitz, is nonfiction, out on July 20th. A stunning investigation of the life and legend of Mexican kingpin Joaquin Archivaldo Guzman Luera, aka El Chapo, building on Noah Horowitz's 
revelatory coverage for Rolling Stone of El Chapo's federal drug trafficking trial. Not a Happy Family by Shari LaPena is a thriller on July 27th. In this family, everyone is keeping secrets, especially the dead. A Song Everlasting by Ha Jin is literary out on July 27th. From the universally admired National Book Award-winning author of Waiting and the Boat Rocker, an urgent, timely novel that follows a famous Chinese singer severed from his country as he works to find his way in the United States. And lastly, we have Below the Edge of Darkness by Edith Witter, nonfiction on July 27th. Edith Witter grew up determined to become a marine biologist, but after complications from a surgery during college caused her to go temporarily blind, she became fascinated by light as well as the power of optimism. I hope you enjoy these books. I hope you check them out. And if you do, please come see us and let, you know, let us know what you think. Have a great summer. Thank you, Katie. There seem to be quite a few intriguing titles there. If you're looking for something to add to your personal summer reading list, speaking of, summer reading is back at the Livingston Library for both kids and adults. That's right, no matter your age, you can win any one of a number of excellent prizes just by reading this summer. For the kids, there are all kinds of cool toys and games and books to win. And for the adults, there are prizes given every week to randomly selected raffle winners, with the grand prize being a brand new Kindle. But first, you do have to register, so do visit our website, livingstonlibrary.org, uh, where you can find links to register and to learn more information. And because summer reading season is upon us, I thought I'd ask the crew this month what books they're looking forward to reading this summer. So let's start with my fellow adult services and acquisitions librarian, Jessica. Hello, L-Town Radio listeners. Summer reading is my favorite kind of reading, and it's safe to say that I am a beach book fanatic. I love books that take place at the shore, and the majority of my favorite authors write what many would consider to be beach reads. Here are some books that I absolutely cannot wait to start reading. So the first novel I'm excited for, I actually already started reading. I'm about 100 pages into Mary Alice Monroe's latest book, The Summer of Lost and Found. The Summer of Lost and Found is part of Monroe's Beach House series, which is by far my favorite book series. This series transports you to the Carolina coast where sea turtles are laying their eggs. Here we meet the Rutledge family, who like all families, struggles with their relationships in both the family sense and the romantic sense. This particular installment takes place in March 2020, and it's a little surreal and almost feels like I'm reading science fiction because the pandemic is such a large part of the storyline. But it's not all sci-fi because it actually happened. This is the first book I have read that includes the pandemic and how it has so drastically changed the lives of the characters, just like it has changed ours. Another book I'm super excited about is Golden Girl by Elan Hildebrand. Is it even summer without a new Hildebrand read? Elan Hildebrand's books take place in Nantucket. I've never been to Nantucket, but because I have read her books, I feel like if I were magically placed there, I could find my way around town. Golden Girl is about a woman named Vivian Howe, an author of 13 beach novels and a mother of grown children. She is also the victim of a tragic hit and run accident. 
she ascends to the beyond where she is allowed to watch Nantucket for one last summer. This novel sounds so different from Hildebrand's other work, and I can't wait to start it. One final book I can't wait to begin is Family Reunion by Nancy Thayer. Nancy Thayer is another queen of the Nantucket beach read. Her latest novel tells a story of a grandmother-granddaughter duo who are spending the summer at their Nantucket beach house. Everything is wonderful until the grandmother, named Eleanor, is approached by her children who want to sell her beloved beach house. You can check out these books and more from the Livingston Public Library's print and digital collections. I hope to see you at the library soon, and by the way, have you registered for adult summer reading yet? You should. Bye! Alright, thanks Jessica, and thanks again for the reminder about registering for summer reading. And next up, with what she's planning to read this summer, let's welcome back Katie. Hi everyone! So, for this summer, I actually have a lot of books lined up. Um, normally I'm someone who just kind of reads as stuff comes up and I don't really plan ahead in terms of what I'm planning to tackle for the year. But this year, every time I would look through a trade publication, I would notice another book coming out from an author that I liked and that I was interested in reading. Um, the first one is Survive the Night by Riley Sager, which is going to be out on June 29th. And I really like Riley Sager's books. They're really good thrillers. Um, the Last Time I Lied is actually my favorite book of his. And I'm super excited to see what he does with Survive the Night. Also, another favorite author is Greedy Hendricks. And their book, The Final Girl Support Group, is coming out on July 13th. And it's a fast-paced, thrilling horror novel that follows a group of heroines to die for, which I'm very excited about. A new author that I've liked is Lindsay Fay, who has a new book coming out on August 10th, and it's called The King of Infinite Space. In this lush, magical, queer, and feminist take on Hamlet in modern-day New York City, a neuroatypical physicist, along with his best friend Horatio and artist ex-fiancee Leah, are caught up in the otherworldly events surrounding the death of his father. And finally, another new author that I stumbled upon is Stephen Graham Jones, and his new book, My Heart is a Chainsaw, is out on August 31st, and it's about a quickly gentrifying rural lake town. Uh, Jade, the protagonist, sees recent events only her encyclopedic knowledge of horror films could have prepared for, prepared her for in this latest novel from the Jordan Peele of horror literature. As you can tell, they're kind of all in the same vein, a little bit of horror, a little bit of thriller. But anyway, I'm just excited that all of my favorite authors are dropping new books right around the same time and that I'll be able to enjoy my summer while also enjoying these beach reads. Talk to you soon. Thanks again, Katie. As for me, there are a couple of books that I'm planning to read this summer and I'm very excited to read. Um, the first one is called Saigon. And yes, it sounds like the city in Vietnam, but uh, the title is a pun. Uh, it's spelled S-I-G-H, comma, G-O-N-E, Saigon. The subtitle is A Misfits Memoir of Great Books, Punk Rock, and the Fight to Fit In. The author's name is Phuc Tran. That's spelled P-H-U-C-T-R-A-N. Uh, Phuc Tran has been a high school Latin teacher for more than 20 years while simultaneously establishing himself as a highly sought-after tattooer. He has a BA in Classics, received the Callan in Classics Prize, 
he had a 2012 TEDx talk called Grammar, Identity, and the Dark Side of the Subjunctive, which was featured on NPR's TED Radio Hour. He's an occasional guest on Maine Public Radio and owns Tsunami Tattoo in Portland, Maine. Um, the book uh, is set in 19 se- or starts in 1975 uh, during the fall of Saigon, where Phuc Tran and his family immigrated to America, landing in small town Pennsylvania. Um, the book is a coming-of-age memoir told through the themes of great books such as The Metamorphosis, The Scarlet Letter, The Iliad, and more, where Tran navigates the push and pull of finding and accepting himself despite the challenges of immigration, feelings of isolation, teenage rebellion, and assimilation, all while attempting to meet the rigid expectations set by his parents. Against the hairspray and synthesizer backdrop of the 80s, Tran finds solace and kinship in the wisdom of classic literature, in the subculture of punk rock, he finds affirmation and echoes of his disaffection. And in his journey of self-discovery, Tran ultimately finds refuge and inspiration in the art that shapes and saves him. Um, now, I grew up, uh, I, w- I was born a little after Phuc Tran was born, and my family did not immigrate from Vietnam. Other than that, there is so much in this book that really resonates me with me just in terms of navigating middle school and high school um, as an adolescent who is kind of a misfit in many ways and using books and music to kind of help make sense and help figure out where I fit in in the world. Um, so if any of that resonates with you, I would highly recommend this book. Uh, I'm still not finished with it yet. I still have a ways to go, but I'm, I'm loving it so far. The other book that I'm very excited to read this summer is actually a novelization of Quentin Tarantino's 2019 film Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and it was written by Tarantino himself. Um, now, I could talk for hours and or write thousands of words on the films of Quentin Tarantino and how much they've meant to me and inspired me and I have talked for hours and written thousands of words on that very subject, but for now, I'll just say that I'm a big fan of his films, um, and I really loved Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and from what I've heard and read of Tarantino say so far, it's uh, not simply a, you know, a prose retelling of the movie. It's, It's very much its own story that goes in different directions, and does certain things that he couldn't do in the movie and avoids certain things that were done in the movie that wouldn't really work uh, in novel form. Uh, I haven't read a lot of novelizations in the past. Um, I've read a a few, like, certain Star Wars films uh, that were novelized by Alan Dean Foster. Um, Speaking of, in fact, the first novelization I remember reading was the novelization of Mel Brooks's Spaceballs, the movie. Spaceballs, the book, obviously. Um, And, you know, normally we don't consider novelizations of famous movies to be really great literature, and sometimes they aren't, but surprisingly, sometimes they can be. And so I'm very excited to see what uh, Tarantino does as a novelist, which we've never seen him be before and how Tarantino, the novelist, approaches 
his own work as a filmmaker. So uh, that book is on its way to my house as we speak. There's also, uh, there should be a copy on its way to the Livingston Library very soon. Uh, the Fook Tran book, Saigon, that is also currently available at the Livingston Library if you want to check that out. Speaking of movies, I'm happy to talk about a program that is returning to the Livingston Library this summer. That's right, Weekends with Oscars is coming back in person in the program room on the big screen. Uh, Weekends with the Oscars, of course, we were not able to do last summer, but previously it's been a program where we show Best Picture nominees from the previous year's uh, Academy Awards ceremony. Uh, so this summer, Saturday afternoon, starting at 2 p.m. from July 10th through August 14th, we are going to be showing six of this past year's Best Picture nominees for the Oscars, um, including the eventual winner, Nomadland. That's going to be the grand finale on August 14th. Uh, and we have five other Best Picture nominees, which also won other awards. We're starting with Promising Young Woman on July 10th. Uh, that film won the award for Best Original Screenplay. It also was nominated for Best Picture, Best Director for Emerald Fennell, and Best Actress, Carrie Mulligan. Every week, I go to a club. I act like I'm too drunk to stand. And every week, a nice guy comes over to see if I'm okay. You okay? You are so pretty. I am a nice guy. Are you? So as much as I love movies, I sadly did not get to see any of the Best Picture nominees from last year's Oscars for obvious reasons. It was a pandemic. Um, and although a number of them were available on streaming services, I, I just still didn't get around to watching them. It was a very hectic year, you understand. So I'm very excited to not only finally see a lot of these movies, but to see them on a big screen here at the Livingston Library and see them for free, which is always great. Um, again, we're kicking it off July 10th at 2 p.m. Saturday. Promising Young Woman is the first film. You just heard part of the trailer for that. July 17th uh, is going to be Judas and the Black Messiah. That one was another Best Picture nominee, which also won the Best Supporting Actor Oscar for Daniel Kaluuya. Lakeith Stanfield was also nominated for Best Supporting Actor for that film, and it was also nominated for Best Original Screenplay. The week after that, July 24th, we have Minari. Um, that film won the Best Supporting Actress Oscar for Yoon Yoo Jung. Um, Steven Yun, the lead actor, was also nominated, and uh, director Lee Isaac Chung was nominated for Best Director as well. On July 31st, we'll be screening Sound of Metal, another Best Picture nominee, uh, which won Best Sound and Best Editing, was also nominated for uh, Best Actor Riz Ahmed, Best Supporting Actor Paul Racy, and Best Original Screenplay. After that, August 7th, will be screening The Father. That one won uh, Anthony Hopkins, his second Best Actor Oscar. It also won Best Adapted Screenplay and was nominated for Best Picture, along with uh, Olivia Colman as Best Supporting Actress. And finally, Nomadland, the winner of last year's Best Picture Oscar, 
That'll be on Saturday, August 14th at 2 p.m. Um, it also won Best Director, Chloe Zhao, and Best Actress, Frances McDormand, her third Best Actress award, and it was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. So I hope we'll see you there at Weekend at, with the Oscars here at the Livingston Public Library. And now I'd like to welcome back to L-Town Radio my fellow adult services and acquisitions librarian, Hong Mei. If you listened to the show last year, you may remember a couple of episodes where Hong Mei came on to talk about some of the favorite, uh, some of her favorite meditation music that's available on hoopladigital.com. And now I'm happy to have Hong Mei back on the show this time to talk about some of the more interesting posts that have appeared on our blog last month. That's at blog.livingstonlibrary.org. So again, to talk about some of the more interesting posts you can read there. Here's Hong Mei. Hello, L-Town Radio listeners. This is Hong Mei. I'm an adult services and acquisition librarian. With the summer beginning, I'm sure you're looking forward to relaxing. Maybe you'd like to watch a movie with family or vaccinated friends. You can use Livingston Public Library card to access Canopy a digital resource that allows you to stream and watch thousands of films from the comfort of your own home. If you are interested, you can find the Oscar winners and the nominees movie list posted in our library blog in June. In addition, the Livingston Public Library blog provides a list of new and popular books, ebooks, audiobooks, and videos for us to enjoy. Here are some of the blogs we posted in June. What is a good way to be outside and enjoy the beauty of nature? Hiking, of course. But how do you find hiking trails near you? What should you wear? What food should you bring? Read hiking tips provided in the blog. We have not only books, but also ebooks and three e-magazines on hiking from Overdrive. You can download them to your cell phone and enjoy them while traveling. Looking for a summer reading list or just some great books to read anytime? Why not look for our blog, Great Fiction Reads, Women's Prize for Fiction, Shortlist and Winners. All the titles listed are available with your Livingston Public Library card. In June's Joe's Jukebox, you will enjoy an excellent oral history called Decoding Despacito, which recounts the stories behind many of the famous Latin music songs from the past 50 years. You will also find a list of resources of books for that Happy Freedom Day, Reads for June 10th, 2021, International Day of Yoga 2021, June Staff Picks, Celebrate Pride Month with LGBTQ Reads, and so much more. Would you like to get a recommended list of what you are going to read in July? Would you like to know what programs our program will present in July? What are the upcoming July book clubs? 
How about our 2021 adult summer reading information? Please read our library blog. You'll find the blog at the bottom right of the Livingston Library page. There is a search box at the bottom right of the blog page that will bring the blog you would like to read right in front of you. Enjoy. All right, thank you again, Hong Mei. Now, at this point, I would like to tell you all about the next meeting of Unstuck in Time. That's our book club where we discuss classic speculative fiction, i.e. sci-fi, fantasy, horror, basically anything that deals with the supernatural, the surreal, the futuristic, or the macabre. And now that social distancing restrictions have been relaxed, the meetings for this club are now live and in person. They're no longer on Zoom. They're held in the cozy little room right behind the reference desk here at the library. Uh, our next meeting is scheduled for Tuesday, July 27th at 7 p.m. And the book we'll be discussing is William Goldman's 1973 novel, The Princess Bride, or should I say its complete title, The Princess Bride, S. Morgenstern's classic tale of true love and high adventure, The Good Parts Edition. I'll explain that title a little more in a moment if you need it. Um, but that book, as I'm sure most of you know, was adapted into a film in 1987. The film was directed by Rob Reiner from a screenplay by William Goldman himself. Um, it also happens to be one of my all-time top five favorite movies ever. It has si has been since I first saw it in the theater almost really 35 years ago now. I must have watched it several dozen times in my life. It has everything I could ever want in a movie. Romance, adventure, fantasy. It's hilariously subversive. It's packed with unforgettable characters and quotable dialogue. I can't wait until my daughter is old enough to watch it, and if she doesn't love it, I'll probably cry. And yet, I'm kind of ashamed to admit that I've never read the original novel that it's based on. So that's one of the main reasons I chose it for this month's meeting of Unstuck in Time. And I hope maybe there are some folks out there who also love the Princess Bride movie and have not read the novel yet and are curious to read it. Um, I actually just started reading it earlier today, and I'm already very intrigued by how it differs from the movie. If you've seen the movie, you may remember that it's framed as a story that a man, played by the late Peter Falk, is reading to his sick grandson, played by Fred Savage, in the present day, or at least the present day as it was in 1987. Um, in William Goldman's book, however, Goldman narrates the story as a character himself. He's remembering and retelling a story called The Princess Bride, which in the book is written by a Florinese writer named S. Morgenstern, uh, and the book was first read to William Goldman, the character, when he was sick with pneumonia as a boy in the year 1941 uh, by his father. So if that sounds a little confusing, that's understandable. Allow me to read an excerpt from the book's first chapter to maybe give you a better idea of what we're dealing with here. <clears throat> this is my favorite book in all the world, though I have never read it. How is such a thing possible? I'll do my best to explain. As a child, I had simply no interest in books. I hated reading, I was very bad at it, and besides, how can you take the time to read when there were games that shrieked for playing? Basketball, baseball, marbles, I could never get enough. I wasn't even good at them, but give me a football and an empty playground and I could invent last-second triumphs that would bring tears to your eyes. School was torture. Miss Roginski, who was my teacher for the third through fifth grades, would have meeting after meeting with my mother, 
I don't feel Billy is perhaps extending himself quite as much as he might. Or, when we test him, Billy does really exceptionally well, considering his class standing. Or, most often, I don't know, Mrs. Goldman, what are we going to do about Billy? What are we going to do about Billy? That was the phrase that haunted me those first ten years. I pretended not to care, but secretly I was petrified. Everyone and everything was passing me by. I had no real friends, no single person who shared an equal interest in all games. I seemed busy, 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 but I suppose, if pressed, I might have admitted that, for all my frenzy, I was very much alone. Flashback. 1941. Autumn. I'm a little cranky because my radio won't get the football games. Northwestern is playing Notre Dame. It starts at 1, and by 1.30 I can't get the game. Music, news, soap operas, everything but not the biggie. I call for my mother. She comes. I tell her my radio's busted. I can't find Northwestern Notre Dame. She says, you mean the football? Yes, 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 I say. It's Friday, she says. I thought they played on Saturday. Am I an idiot? I lie back, listening to the soaps, and after a little, I try finding it again, and my stupid radio will pick up every Chicago station except the one carrying the football game. I really holler now, and again, my mother tears in. I'm going to heave this radio right out the window, I say. It won't get it. It won't get it. I cannot make it get it. Get what? She says. The football game. I say, how dumb are you? The game. Saturday. And watch your tongue, young man, she says. I already told you it's Friday. She goes again. Was there ever so ample a dunce? Humiliated, I flick around on my trusty zenith, trying to find the football game. It was so frustrating, I was lying there, sweating, and my stomach felt crazy, and I was pounding the top of the radio to make it work right, and that was how they discovered I was delirious with pneumonia. Pneumonia today is not what it once was, especially when I had it. Ten days or so in the hospital, and then home for the long recuperating period. I guess it was three more weeks in bed, a month maybe. No energy, no games even. I was just this lump going through a strength-gathering time, period. Which is how you have to think of me when I came upon the Princess Bride. It was my first night home. Drained, still one sick cookie. My father came in. I thought to say goodnight. He sat on the end of my bed. Chapter 1, The Bride. So, of course, the story eventually does get into the romantic, adventurous, humorous uh, story that most of us already know as The Princess Bride. That's just kind of the, the setup. Again, um, I'm very intrigued to finally read through this entire novel of that uh, was the basis for one of my favorite movies ever, and I hope that some of you are too. Again, uh, the next meeting of Unstuck in Time will be Tuesday, July 27th, starting at 7 p.m. in the room behind the reference desk. Um, we can discuss the book, how it differs from the film, how both works hold up in 2021, among many other potentially fertile topics. No registration is necessary. You can just come on in, and if you need to borrow a copy of the book, we have print copies available here at the library. Just ask at the main circulation desk. Or you can check out an audiobook version on Overdrive. That one's narrated by the film's director, Rob Reiner. And there are also ebook editions available on Overdrive and Hoopla. Well, that does it for this episode of L-Town Radio. Thank you to Jessica, Katie, and Hong Mei for their contributions this month. 
Thanks to you, dear listener, as always, for tuning in. I hope you'll tune in again next month. And of course, I hope you'll come down to the library now that we're open seven days a week. And now that we have been opening our library up more and more every day, our seating areas are open, our children's wing is open, study rooms are available. We're, we're just about back to normal, as we were before this whole nasty pandemic started. Of course, you can still access all our online and digital resources through our website, livingstonlibrary.org. Don't forget, follow our blog at blog.livingstonlibrary.org so you can see posts like the ones Hong Mei mentioned earlier as soon as they're shared. Um, you can also follow us all over the internet from Facebook to Twitter to Instagram to YouTube, and you can listen to and subscribe to this very podcast on SoundCloud, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. And till next time, stay safe, stay kind, and stay curious. <laughs>